0: And now may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be comforting, holy, pleasing, acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, St. Luke's. Good morning. It is um, always a, a humbling thing to ascend these stairs mostly because they're really steep and I'm afraid I'm going to step backwards and fall down them. (laughs) So much truth has been spoken here. So much of the gospel message has been given to us. It's It's an interesting time for us to stop and reflect as a family, as a congregation on where we are today. Where we're going. There is certainly a sense of loss and bittersweetness of saying goodbye. The excitement of welcoming what is new and what God will say to us in these weeks and months and years, what He will affirm. This week we've celebrated together, we have mourned together. And that is what we're called to do with one another, to be with, to be the arms, the hands, the voice of Jesus, to be Christ, the body of Christ. The passage, the gospel passage, and the lesson that we have today before us affirm That role that each and every one of us are to take together in community. The overarching message that we will hear in this lesson and in this gospel is that we are not alone, we are called together by something greater than any individual. It was something that was breathed and spoken into the universe in the beginning. It was something that was present in the hovering of that pregnant spirit over the waters and the face of the deep. It was something that was poured out again and again and became incarnate in Jesus of Nazareth. It was something that was given on the day of Pentecost to those who were gathered and poured out of the upper room and came to all flesh. I love that word all. The writer of Ephesians uses that repeatedly in our lesson today to let us know that none of us are excluded from God's grace, God's hope, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, And none of us are excluded from the responsibility to share that with all others. To extend that to every living thing spoken into existence and hovered over by the Spirit of the living God. It's difficult when we see those we love move on to the next phase of life. And it reminds us that we have no moment to waste in caring and loving and reaching out and sharing a kind word and lifting up our neighbor. I was excited to see that the gospel passage was from John chapter 6 because one of my theses in seminary was on John 6 and I kind of knew it already. Which was good. It was a busy week. I needed to have a little background. <laughs> in this passage and, and throughout the Gospel of John, the, the community that pulls together the Gospel of John is very theatrical in their approach. If you take each of these chapters through chapter eleven, you you see a different scene unfolding. In Jesus' journey. This is a very different gospel than the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who share much of the same material. John takes a different approach, the Gospel of John, and gives us these moments, these encounters between Jesus and those who would presume to follow him or would presume to work against him. And we learn a lesson in each of these encounters. And in John chapter 6, it begins with Jesus on the shore of Galilee with those who have followed him. They've followed him because they've heard of or seen the miracles that he has done. And so, in some sense, they're coming out of fascination. They're coming for entertainment. For others, they're coming for hope. others, they're coming for healing. They all gather because they see something they haven't seen before. And it draws them. They're hungry. They're on the side of the sea and they haven't brought enough with them or at least it would seem they haven't. And so Jesus sets about rectifying this. And one small boy is brought forward willing to give. And from that one gift, a seeming miracle takes place. But setting aside for a moment that just his loaves and fish are multiplied, I I think there's an alternative here. I think maybe that the selflessness and the self-giving of this one person who was willing to share what they had opened up the heart of generosity of all the others gathered there and then all of a sudden the picnic baskets they'd been hiding came out of nowhere (laughs) and they decided you know what if this little boy is willing to give so much so freely maybe we ought to also kind of reminds me that I have something to give today and while my small portion may not feed 5,000 when I give the rest will be inspired to give as well when we all give we all receive as we move on in the gospel we have Jesus coming to the other side of the lake the crowd's following because their bellies have been filled and they come to him and they want to know when did he get there they didn't see him get in a boat they don't know how he got there they're curious they've been drawn to him Jesus answers as he often does in the gospel of John and he looks beyond their surface question and he speaks to the heart of the matter Jesus sees into the heart and he says the truth is you're not looking for me because you've seen signs but because you've eaten your fill of the bread what a blessed thing Jesus has recognized the need. He recognized the need has been filled. And he looks beyond their question and speaks to what is in their heart as he's done throughout the gospel. Jesus isn't rebuking them here. He's identifying with them. He's taking an opportunity created by their immediate physical need. He's leading them to a deeper spiritual truth. We should not here be looking for life-giving food that goes away, or or food that that perishes, but life-giving food that will last forever. Jesus speaks to the heart of their need. He takes them beyond the purely physical. He takes an opportunity to lead them to a place of understanding, of community, and of hope that they had not seen before. This is a beautiful moment reminds me of the St. Luke's Soup Kitchen, which became Crossroads. This moment where people are brought together in a, for a physical need, but once they are gathered in community and they're shown mercy and love and compassion, they're drawn deeper into something called community, where they realize that our destinies are not separate we are not on a path alone but indeed our destinies are tied together and indeed that what the father has to offer is something that is offered for us to share with one another to share in love jesus here is opening up a truth to them that will last unto eternal life. In verse 27, he tells them, you should be work, shouldn't be working for perishable food, but for life-giving food that lasts for all eternity. This is not a temporary work. This is a work that has been given to us in creation itself, in the moment of creation and in setting Adam and Eve in the garden and giving them stewardship. God is teaching the stewardship that He would have to share His fulfillment, to share His abundance with each and every one of us. From here, they begin to further seek understanding and seek questioning. and question, seeking to understand where it is that Jesus would be leading them. They're asking for a sign, wondering should they believe in him. They're wanting to see that Jesus has an answer. They ask for bread from heaven to eat, and Jesus says, the truth of the matter is Moses hasn't given you bread from heaven yet my Abba gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is offering himself as an example, as a sacrifice that he would become. He makes efficacious, he makes real, he makes applicable his presence from God in the world. He says, it is the work of God to believe in the one whom God has sent. Not just acknowledge the facts of God, but to live out and do those things which God has given to us to do. This bread, this bread that comes from heaven, is given to us in the form and the person of Jesus But this is not a work that Jesus intended to stop in his life. It is a work that he intended to pass on. And so, in explaining to them that he was the true bread and the bread of life, and in giving them himself and in sacrificing, he was giving to them the sustenance, giving to them the ability to share that same life with others in jesus we have the example of true bread of a true way of a bread that doesn't just satisfy temporarily and fill the stomach but of a bread that can give permanently eternally and that bread is to be perpetuated in us we become that self-sacrifice as he has shown us to be in jesus giving of himself We are shown how to give to one another. we are shown that we can have the provision that is needed when we are willing to give together, to sacrifice mutually, to share as He has shared. In the reading from Ephesians, we're taught to be one and to find unity, a unity in the Spirit, a oneness that comes from loving a oneness that comes from accepting a oneness that comes from listening and sharing it's a oneness that comes through the presence of god's spirit with and in each and every single one of us there's a statement in Ephesians that there is one god and creator of all who is over all and works through all and within all and it is this god that Binds us together in his spirit Not just those of us Who may acknowledge his name But all of those created in his image He's called us today To a deeper sense of community To a deeper sense of love A deeper sense of understanding Of forgiveness Of listening to one another Of hearing one another In this season What could be more important Than to really listen And to really hear and to really share this truth, this bread from heaven with one another. There's this sense of unity, this sense of love that gives us hope today. That allows us to move forward and understand that we have a role to play in the lives of one another. As we continue to give selflessly to one another. In order to achieve that place of oneness and unity that God created us for. We're at a turning point as we often find ourselves at a turning point as a community. And it's a time where we can reflect. We can learn the lessons that have been given to us. We can take those and then we can move forward and we can renew those commitments, those vows that we have with a new understanding, a new passion, a new dedication to what it is that God has called us to at 435 Peachtree Street. Will we share that food with one another? Will we open our hands and our hearts and our arms? Or will we cling tightly to what we think we have to protect? My friend John Devine showed me so often that kind of selfless giving. It wasn't always on the surface with John. Sometimes his initial approach was a little bit harsher, testing me a little, seeing what my steel might be, what my merit might be. But then there were those secret moments, those moments that nobody else saw, where he saw the need, he met the need, and he moved ahead. He didn't look for accolades or pats on the back, He simply shared the life-giving spirit that Jesus has made available to all, to all, to all. So this morning, I think our commitment is to open our arms to all, to welcome all, to say this is a place where all may come. All will be loved. I love you, St. Luke's. Let us love one another. Amen.